You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dancing Man, a fabulous invalid podcast featuring exclusive behind-the-scenes interviews with the cast and creative team of Bob Fosse's Dancing on Broadway. I'm Rob Russo. I'm Jamie Dumont. And we're your hosts. We're also excited to be co-producers of Dancing on Broadway and thrilled, as always, to be back in the Roseville Cocktail Room at Civilian for another conversation with a member of the cast. Yes, and joining us this week is cast member Nika Zhang. Dancing marks Nika's third Broadway show, following Rock of Ages and American Psycho. She's also performed in tours of Wicked and Mary Poppins. And what we're really excited to talk to her about is the fact that she is an understudy dancer in Dancing. I can't wait. If she's anything like she is on Instagram, we're in for a treat. Yeah, and just to dive into the world of understudies. I mean, they're the unheralded superheroes of Broadway. I can't wrap my head entirely around how they actually do their job. Yeah, it's kind of magical. I don't get it. it. Well, we'll find out. Let's do it. Nico, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. Dancing has been open for just over a month. Oh my gosh. So how are you feeling today? I'm just energized. I feel great. I, um, I'm just excited about every single day. Honestly, I'm at that place now in my journey with the show where I'm like, who am I going to go on for next? I'm really excited, which I've been riding a roller coaster of emotions, so I'm excited. You've gone on twice. Yes. So talk to us about that experience. When did you get the call? How has it been? Who have you gone on for? So I went on for Maddie. I've been on for Maddie twice. I got that call on a Sunday morning, which is so funny. My husband and I had like planned this Sunday morning. We're like, okay, we're going to go to yoga and then we're going to go to brunch. And I had been, I have been waking up through the night counting the show. I I just wake up counting the show and it's just one of those things that um, is annoying, but also just my subconscious trying to work out how much I need to know. So I had woken up in the night counting the show and my husband woke me up in the morning. He's like, we're going to go to yoga. And I'm like, I can't, I'm so tired. I just, I'm exhausted from counting all night. (laughs) So he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go without you. And no sooner had he shut the door that I heard my phone ring and I was like, that's, that's the call for me going on. I just, I knew it. I felt ready. I mean, of course I was nervous cause you know, I hadn't had a put in or anything. So you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants, hoping that all the work that you've done is enough. And it felt like a fever dream, but I didn't crash into anything and it felt okay. And I got through it. 
We're going to talk about that work you did in a second, but I'm just, I, I want to dig a little deeper because we've spoken to many people in the company about how crunchy is the first moment where you introduce yourself as a company member. And I want to know when you came on in crunchy and you introduced yourself, what was going through your head? How did it feel? The first time, I think it's just, it's such an out-of-body experience because I had never done it with the lights or anything. So the first time that I stepped out there, it was just almost like a like a white room, mm. if if that makes any sense. Yeah, it just felt like really surreal. Like dreamlike is what I'm uh, yes. what I'm picturing when you say Completely. white room. Like it was almost surreal. Completely stopped in time. Yes, and then the second thought I had was, I think I did this wrong. <laughs> Which I did, and it's okay. I mean, that's part of the journey of being an understudy. I was sort of, I had turned back to back with Nando, and as soon as I turned back to back, I was like, "You're off on this count, and you're just gonna keep going, and and you just move on to the next moment." Um, but of course, you know, the second time I went on, I I knew I had corrected myself, and I was having a lot more fun. I was like, "I just, I'm excited to be here, and I'm just gonna pull up, and I don't know, just enjoy it." as best I can. That's, I mean, that's one of the more amazing things about what you do as an understudy dancer. You have to both be in your head, you know, looking ahead and being present in the moment to like, what's the next step? What's then what's my mark? All of that. But then also you can't be too much in your head because then yeah. you won't be giving the performance that you want to give, right? Which is like bringing yourself and your character and all of that to it. So it's, it seems like a really, really fine balance you have to strike. It's such an interesting position. And I've thought about this so much since we've started rehearsing in January. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I've been riding that roller coaster of emotions, right? Like some, some weeks I'm like, Oh, really stressed out and freaked out. And then other weeks I'm like, just really calm about it. And finding that, like you said, that balance of being in your head and knowing the counts, but also reminding yourself that you're on stage dancing and that you can't take it too seriously, which yeah. is how I kind of live my life. I think you know, you got to enjoy it. Otherwise, what's it all for? Well, and I imagine now that you've done it twice, you've gotten sort of that nervous energy out, right? And yes. now, as you said, now you're excited, right? Mm -hmm. Now you can't wait to get back on yes. stage, right? <laughs> yes. But it doesn't go away, right? That nervous energy, like that never really, that comes and goes, correct? Yeah, I always get a little bit nervous. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's normal. And I, I, you know, when I'm teaching a lot, of, I tell my students, I'm like, you're alive. You're, you're not a robot. You know, you're a human and, and thank God you're nervous because you care. So I, I like a little bit of nerves. It's, um, I use them. Well, taking a step back, you were cast in the show after San Diego, right? So the, yeah. there was the pre-Broadway run and then uh, you were cast for Broadway. So what was that audition process like, knowing that there was already a company of 16 that had done it in San Diego? When, at what point in the process did you come in? My process was really interesting because I had come out for it originally you know, the first time around, like, you know, the first sort of, like, I've heard so many of my castmates talking about this it was like the first sort of audition back in person. And mm -hmm. I had just gotten married. I was literally a, like four days off of my honeymoon. Oh my I had been eating croissants for like a month straight. <laughs> not, As you do. Yeah, yeah. I was not dancing. I was in this completely different headspace. And I had flown in because, you know, when you see Wayne Salento and Corinne, with the words Danson and Bob Fosse next to it, you are there. Mm -hmm. um, and I just immediately knew when I landed, I was like, this is not my time. I just knew I had this like weird sort of psychic feeling. I was like, this is not your time for this, but you're here to dance this movement and you're here to like be in the energy of the room. And it was incredible. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, I sang and all that stuff, but it was not my time. So the San Diego, uh, you know, run went and 
I was um, back in LA again and, and working with Corinne. She comes out sometimes for Wicked and had talked about, you know, understudy positions. And I went home that night and I was like, no, I'm not going to audition. I'm, I'm retired. I'm done. Like, I, what am I trying to do? I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking I'm too old for this, mm. which is, you know, another mental journey. I've been on this, this um, run. I, I thought it over and I thought I would regret this so deeply if I didn't go in for this. I think it was honestly one of the best auditions I've had in my life. I had so much fun. I think I let go of any expectations I had of myself in the room. And yeah, I, j I just let go and I let myself shine through, which was so, so, so fun. And yeah, and then I got the word that I've been cast. So <laughs> it, it feels like such a... Uh, a, a thread through a lot of the audition stories that we've we've gotten from folks that they felt such like peace and serenity or let go or yeah. these phrases have been used and I feel like for any aspiring you know performers or performers who you know are, are listening that's like a, a good piece of advice obviously it's easier said than done <laughs> yeah it has to be earned yeah right? you have to get to that place and it has to be authentic it can't be forced but isn't it amazing that when you arrive at that place then that's when you give the best audition of your life and Book yeah. the job, right? Yeah. I mean, super prepared, like, <laughs> of course, ultra prepared, yeah. but yeah. free. And then obviously, you started rehearsals in, in January. Yeah. And you all started a little earlier, right? Yeah. We came in as understudies. Yeah, yeah. We came in like four or five days before the entire cast met up with us. And it was like a crash course in what they had all been doing for like two years. So your mind starts to go on this journey of like, can I do this? This is so much information. And you're, you know, you're unsure of like who you're covering yet. So you're learning everything. everything. Yeah. Your mind starts to explode and, and you're trying to take on all this choreography. And, and then the whole cast came in and it was so exciting to kind of, you know, jump in with them. And at what point in the process did you find out what tracks you'd be covering? Um, it wasn't until like a week or so in. So we were kind of just learning big, big meaty chunks, you know, like Dance and Man and Sing, Sing, Sing and things like that. Things you knew you would be in one yeah. way or another. Yeah. Right. yeah. And then we started learning who we were going to be covering. So we could get a little more specific. And, you know, I, at that point, I had, like, learned the entire, like, uh, clapping section of, of um, Dancing Man. And then when it came down to it, I don't cover anyone in that section. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to – I'm going to immediately forget all of that because yeah. my brain is too full to even know any of that. So – how, how long did it take you to get the clapping section down? Like how much time or energy did you have to put into that? Because it's pretty specific. I never got it down. <laughs> <laughs> I never got it down. And like, thank God, by the time that we knew the covers, I was like, well, great. I'm yeah. going to just yeah. completely forget all Phew. that. Never, yeah. never yeah. learned it. So <laughs> lucky, lucky. Yeah, never got it down. Well, yeah. you you just alluded to something a moment ago that I don't want to let pass, which okay. is, I mean, obviously this is your third Broadway show. Mm -hmm. You've done national tours and sit downs and, and all that. You've had an amazing career, but you just mentioned that you, you considered yourself somewhat retired from, <laughs> yeah. from dancing. So can you explain a little bit about like, the mental journey to that place and then pulling yourself out of it to, to do this. Yeah. I mean, I never say never. Yeah. I think there's been shows that have popped up on my radar that kind of pull me out of whatever it is that I'm doing. But I, I did feel retired from dancing at that point. I had done a show in LA that was just really not, um, a highlight of my career. It just felt like really disappointing. I just felt at peace with what I had done. And then, like I said, you know, you saw dancing pop into the radar and <laughs> this is the one that in my head you do kind of pull yourself out of yeah. retirement or whatever you're in. So for me, it was like, as a dancer, I thought, 
maybe one day when I'm older, I'll do Fosse. Maybe one day when I'm older, I'll do Fosse. And I kept thinking that. So when it when the time like comes around, you never think like, oh, that's now. This is that now moment when you're older. And so what was it about Fosse specifically that made you think, I'll do that when I'm older versus I'll do that now at, at whatever age you were when you sort of had that thought? I think for me, the reason why Fosse is feeling so good in my body now is because I've had so many years under my belt of dancing. I've had so many years under my belt of working. There's a seasoning in me that you can't be taught. You know, you have to live it and you have to breathe it and you have to be working for a really long time to kind of be able to sit in these certain moments without pushing or dive into these characters. You know, I'm, I'm being asked to do a lot of different things and sh I'm fully stretched to my limits. And I think I couldn't have done this 10, 15 years ago. So Is that more a mental thing or is it more a physical body thing or both? I think for me, it's really both. Um, mentally, I'm finding these places of peace and calm that I, I actually, I, I have to have. I can't be scattered and scared in my head. You have to really be centered. And I'm making myself, you know, meditate and really learn to slow my heart rate in those moments where mm. it is really scary to be jumping in and out of things that you're not as rehearsed as you want to be. Um, but physically, and it's funny because I was having this conversation with Wayne during tech, and I, I sort of casually said, well, it's not like I'm getting better as a dancer as I get older. It's like I'm losing my facility. And he said, absolutely not. You are getting better as a dancer because you're being asked right now to do things you haven't done in a really long time and you're stepping up and doing it. So I I, I feel like my technique right now is better than it's been maybe ever because I am at being asked to step up and do these things that you know, I'm dancing next to someone that's 20 years younger than me. So um, physically and mentally, I think I am in the best place I've been in my entire career. It sounds as much mental as it is physical, which is fascinating to me. It is. It's it's completely mental. Um, and it didn't start that way, right? Like when we first started, like I said, I was really scared, really nervous, really in my head. I felt like, I, I, you know, the negative self-talk is something that everybody goes through, not just dancers. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of RuPaul's Drag Race and, and, <laughs> and RuPaul says it the inner saboteur, right? And that's the dragon that you have to slay as a performer. So, you know, while I can stretch every single day, if I'm not mentally trusting myself and mentally okay with showing up as me, which is exactly what this team wants you to do, then you're going to be pushing on stage. You're going to be doing things that you don't necessarily need to do. So I've, I've really been trying to slay those dragons in my head as best I can to allow myself to just shine in the way that I know I can. And it takes work. It's a muscle every single day that I'm trying to work out. Outsiders, audience members, non-professionals might not ever even consider the whole mental component mm -hmm. of dancing. What are some of the things you do to get out of that crazy mental headspace? Like what, what I know for me, I'll listen to a show tune mm -hmm. or I'll go for a walk <laughs> or I'll sit in quiet for a little while. And that usually clears out whatever's blocking me or giving me fear. So I'm curious, what is, what are some of your things you do? I, I have quite a few practices. You know, I've, I've been teaching for the last, I don't know, four or five years off and on. I've been really lucky to travel the world and and work with young students and um, kind of help them with this sort of stuff because I think this is really one of the biggest things that holds people back. It really can vary on the day. For me, if I'm auditioning or I'm about to perform, it's breathing, uh, box breathing to slow your heart rate because it's 
just a natural thing. Your heart rate's going to be fluttering when you're nervous. So I do a lot of breathing, um, meditation for me. And it, it, it doesn't have to be like this formal thing. For me, my body hurts a lot of the time. So like I'll lay down. I'll just lay down and put my hands on my heart. I do insight timer because I'm not good with um, doing it on my own. I need to listen to things. Music is a really good one because it gets you out of your head. You're just like singing your songs. And the other thing is visualization. I'm a huge visualization person. If you can imagine yourself doing the show and what it would look like on the stage, like in your best self, I really do feel like that helps your performance. I feel like if you can visualize it, then you can really like do it physically. The other day I was I was uh, watching myself on the stage and, and, and seeing it in my mind and then what that would look like if I wasn't afraid and shaking. And, and then I went and did the show. So I needed to do that that day. Well, thank you. You just gave our listeners a little class. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for teaching everyone for free. Exactly. Um, exactly. That, that is very much appreciated because I, I do think you're you're right. I think in you, what you when you were saying visualizing yourself on that stage, mm-hmm. but I think that obviously applies to anything. Yeah. Getting out the door, showing up for work, whatever you, whatever your profession is, whatever your block is, yeah. it's it's about that, yeah. right? It doesn't necessarily mean visualizing yourself performing dancing. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. It's it's anything, yeah, right? Totally. And I would imagine that helps with auditions and mm-hmm. and interpersonal relationships and all kinds of things. Even even just like bringing yourself to the moment, like if you're freaked out and you know you're in your head, which most people are, we're usually thinking about a lot of different things. Even just like bringing yourself to like, what am I seeing in this moment? What am I hearing in this moment? What am I smelling in this moment? What am I tasting? What am I feeling? And just bringing yourself to your senses. It's really hard to be talking in your head if you're bringing yourself to your senses because you're you're bringing yourself to the present moment. So that's a really quick thing. That's a tool that I give every student that I work with. I'm like, just get yourself in this moment. And that just means like <laughs> looking around the room. Oh, gold shoes. And I'm looking at, you know, items from kinky boots. And <laughs> how can you be talking to yourself in, the, in your head if you're, you know, in or the Or talking moment? yourself out of something. There you go. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. When we talked to Ronnie, he talked about how um, – so often we're not conscious about like what we're experiencing in our own lives, right? Mm-hmm. And like how that block gets in the way of so much of us like fulfilling our own like potential and mm-hmm. being present as you're as you're describing. It's really we've we've learned a lot about, you know, sort of like yeah. uh mental health and like balance and techniques from, you know, everyone that we've spoken to because I love that. You all have to practice it, right? It's how you're able to do what you do. Yeah. It's a really smart company. Yeah, well, that's really, that really like grounded. I mean, yes. We haven't talked to everyone, so yeah. Um, yeah. You just <laughs> maybe there's one yeah. person who's very yeah. superficial. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, wait till you guys talk to Dylees and Theo oh, and yeah. all oh these like gosh. beautiful yeah. souls yeah. that yeah. you know. And you have to kind of be like that in this company. I think that's the beauty of you know this this cast is Wayne and Corinne and and everyone has put together such a mm. unique group of individuals that you have to be present in this show because it's going to be different all the time. You can, I looked at Dylise when I went on the other day, I looked her right in the eyes as I was doing the the salute cross and I knew I was in the wrong position and I looked her right in the eyes and I was just like, I, I know this is wrong. And she just went with it Yeah. <laughs> because we're, we're connected in that way that they're going to go with whatever you're giving them. And that takes a really present performer. It also 
and we've talked about this before, takes an unusual company mm -hmm. because it, what I keep hearing over and over again is the enormous support that goes on backstage, on stage. And look, I understand a lot of companies are, have a lot of different dynamics, but I can't think of another company that is as tightly knit and as supportive as the company of Danson. Mm. It's, I, it feels unparalleled to me. It is. It's extremely unique. It, it brings me to tears almost when I think about it because that was the first thing I, I texted the, we have a company thread. I texted them after I went on and I just said, I've never in my, all my years performing experienced anything like that. Um, everyone's super connected. They're there to lift you up. They're not there to critique you. They're helpful. Um, you know, especially as an understudy, you know, they're not like shoving you around. They're just like, come here, which is, you need that. Yeah. You need that when you're a little bit flustered on stage. They're full of love and everybody really respects one another and mm. their own individuality. Who's yeah. the chattiest on the company thread? Who's the chat? Manny. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Manny. Oh, um, that's amazing. That. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> that's funny. That's amazing. I'm trying to think who else. Yeah, Manny probably. Yeah. He's, he's hilarious. Well, there's something to be said for the fact that it's a company of 22, mm -hmm. but it's a company of 22 principles. Yeah. Right. So you're all on the same plane. So it's to no one's benefit to ever try to one up somebody else no. because you're all in it together and you all need each other. Right. And it's it's a really beautiful thing to observe as an audience member to see the way you all interact on stage. And I'm sure you experienced it. I mean, you just talked about looking at Dylese. Right. Like I've seen the show uh, an ungodly amount of times. <laughs> so, you sure. know, I'm able to like take my eye away from what I'm supposed to be watching and yeah. doing air quotes right now to sort of observe some other things that are going on at this point. And it's so cool to see the way that you all communicate, sometimes verbally, mm -hmm. but sometimes just yeah. in it's in your face, in your eyes, mm -hmm. and even your, with, you know, with a gesture, with a body, a hand, something, you know, mm -hmm. that like will just show that there's this connection. It's so present, it's so real, and it's it's so authentic to who you all are as, as a company. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think the audience can feel that too. Oh, for oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Whether, whether they know it or not, right. Whether yeah. they're yeah. realizing it because it, the show is a lot to take in yeah. <laughs> on, on a first viewing, right. Oh, you don't totally. know where to look and there's just so much, Yeah. you, you want to capture it all. Right. I know. You know? I know. It's, a, it's so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it's funny. I've noticed there's um, these two boxes on the side of the um, theater at the music box. And a couple times I've noticed understudy yeah. dancers watching the show. Yeah. Have, have, have you done that? Oh yeah. Me yeah. and Aiden are up there all the time. Yeah. 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 You were there opening night, weren't you? Were you up there opening oh, night? Oh yes. Yeah. That's Okay. Enough about the company for a second. Yes. <laughs> I want to get back to you. Okay. All right. This is about you. Well, okay. it's about everybody, but so <laughs> tell me, where are you from? Where did, when did you start dancing? What was your training like? Talk to us a little bit about your childhood and your background. So I grew up in Scottsdale, Arizona. Sunny. Sunny and hot. And everyone's like, oh, it's a dry heat, but it is. Yep. <laughs> um, so I grew up in Scottsdale, really, really, really shy kid. Mm. Um, I find that hard to believe. No, I know. Everyone's like, what? How? <laughs> um, you know, the kind of shy, like I would hide behind my mom's legs. I would Aww. call her in kindergarten, have her come and pick me up. And I, I was kind of like that up until high school. I just really didn't like the school environment. Um, so my mom put me in dance classes at a studio nearby our house. I was really reluctant to go. She kind of bribed me a little bit. And um, it took me a few classes to sort of warm up to it. And, um, you know, we we're going to do a dance recital. My mom's like, well, we'll never see that costume because she's not going to come out on stage. <laughs> 
And sure enough, I did. And the second that I got out there, I knew that that's where I was supposed to be. It really was like one of those aha moments. I was probably like six or seven years old. And there was a guy at our dance studio named Brian Friedman, who is uh, an icon and a legend in the dance industry. And at the time, he was probably 15 or 16 years old. And I came home and told my mom, I said, whatever he's doing or wherever he's going, we have to follow him. And he opened up his own dance studio, which kind of started me into more of, you know, the, the competitive world and, and really amped my training up in the commercial world. Um, and so I owe a lot of my training to, to Brian. I had a knee injury and that started me um, in my musical theater journey because my parents were incredibly supportive. And my mom said, well, if you're not going to come home and dance every day, like, do you want to go take voice lessons? Do you want to go take acting lessons? Do you want to do anything like that? So I did. And I started to find out that I could sing. Were like musicals a part of your childhood at all? Or was that something you discovered sort of later? They were. So when I was probably 12 or so, and this is a really funny story, we were watching Home Alone, Lost in New York, as you do as you in do. the 90s. Obsessed Hello. Obsessed with that movie. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that part where Kevin calls the Plaza Hotel, they, uh -huh. they give the number of the hotel. And my dad's like, let's call it and see if it's real. <laughs> so we called it and it was like Plaza Hotel and I hung up because I, I was so scared. I'm like, what do I say? My dad's like, wait, call them back and ask them how much a room is to stay there. So that started our journey to coming to New York. So we had come. Did to you book a room at the Plaza? No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> they were probably like a thousand dollars. And my dad's like, yeah, we're going to stay at a Marriott. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, so we started coming to New York. We started seeing shows. And uh, what was your first Broadway show that you saw? I think it was Phantom of the Opera. Of course. Oh my gosh. I think it was. Of I know. Course. Which, you know, just close. We're not ready. We're not ready to go. It's, it's really crazy yeah. to see the majestic. Oh, I'm looking at the mask right now <sighs> behind you. I know. Yeah. It's wild. It's yeah. like, ugh. It's surreal. Yeah. It yeah. is surreal. So Phantom was your first show. Phantom was the first show, but one of the shows that changed my trajectory of really knowing that I wanted to do musical theater and understanding that it was a little more alternative than just, you know, your traditional Phantom of the Opera, and it's a full circle moment, was Tommy. And I just remember like grabbing my dad and being like, I have to do this. I have to do this, whatever this is. Like it's a rock musical yeah. and the dancing, of course, which was choreographed by Wayne Salento. It rocked my world. And I think it's no coincidence that I've kind of done most alternative sort of rock shows that are a little mm. less traditional. And it's not a coincidence. It really- Rock of Ages. Yeah, I was just going to say ages. Rock of Ages. <laughs> it's in the title. Yeah. American Psycho, which American Psycho. I was obsessed. Oh, yeah. uh, I yeah. love hearing that. That, I thought show, that show was so, so good. good. I Broadway uh, was not ready for not that. Not ready. Ahead of its time. That's what I always say. Ahead of its time. Ahead of its time. Duncan Sheik. Yeah. What a brilliant, oh my gosh. brilliant, brilliant I bet man. that was a cool experience, even though a bit heartbreaking. I'm sure it was heartbreaking. Really cool. Sure. I mean, I wanted to do that show because I wanted to work with Duncan, mm. you know, yeah. and then it ended up being that I was going to go on for Alice Ripley and like me understanding Alice Ripley, like what? <laughs> so it was a, it was a an exciting experience and a heartbreaking experience yeah. all at once. But you need those in your That's career. That's show business. Yeah, I know, show, business. show business, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> well, you're now in dancing. Yeah. So here we are, yeah. right? Uh, talk about full circle. As we alluded to earlier, when we spoke to Afra, she, she talked us through sort of her process for how she keeps track of all of her tracks. She's amazing at it. Okay. <laughs> so we were wondering if you could share with us a little bit about like how you go about tackling the task you have in front of you of covering what, five people? Mm -hmm. 
Five it's different. Insane. Five it different. Is. Crazy. No, it's crazy. I'm sorry. Nuts. That's it's crazy. Nuts. And to put a fine point on it, which we have, you know, has been illuminated for us. It's not just the dancing, which hard enough. It's the singing. It's the acting, and then it's the costume changes because mm-hmm. everyone has their own costume change plot in addition to their own track, right? Mm-hmm. So, how do you do it? How do you like? How do you actually? Yeah, like what's the process? Track all of this. Yeah, you yeah. Ha- you have to be really methodical and organized about it. You know, it's a it's a transformative journey. When we first started, I was like writing shit down on my iPad, like without a clue, not a single clue. Like I was like, yeah, EO's coming in from stage left. Like didn't write a single number down because I was still trying to remember like what the choreography was. Now um, I've got everything in my iPad. Every single person has their own book. So you'll see like a book for EO. You'll see a book for Carly. You'll see a book for Dylise. And within those books, you've got a lot of the choreography is written out for me. Offer's book is amazing. <laughs> she writes out every single bit of choreography with the counts. I'm not as good as she is in that department. I'm a little more visual. Um, yeah. So I watch a lot of the videos. And then I've taken those books and I've put them into like flashcards on a ring mm. because you really do need a quick reference when you're going on just to remind yourself like, okay, I'm running to five stage left now. And, you know, you got to cross down stage of, you know, so-and-so. So I've got flashcards on rings for each person. So I've got five sets of those. And then I have charts for reference as well on my phone. So if I if I need to pull something up really quick, I can look at a chart as well as all of the tech videos. You have to be a little crazy as well to kind of tackle <laughs> it and 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 know that you're going to mess up and be okay. Yeah, right. Be okay with it because you are going to mess up. I stupidly like calculated how many versions I need to know and it's like 100 something versions, right? If you're doing five people and there's like 33 numbers in the show, you're you're responsible for almost a hundred different ways of doing it. Did that get in your head? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. I was like, there's no way I can do this. If mm-hmm. dancing is Mount Everest, I'm not even at base camp, you know? <laughs> so, um, but you know what? You can, you absolutely can. Yeah, you absolutely yeah. can. And you have to do it moment by moment. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're thinking about the entire show, like when I was on the other day, I'm not thinking about the entire show. I'm like, okay, I'm thinking about crunchy granola. And I know that I start here and then I'm going to walk to 15 and then I'm going to walk to zero. And then you go moment by moment okay. by moment. What's and next? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. You can't, you can't look at Otherwise those. it's overwhelming. Oh yeah. You yeah, gotta, yeah. you gotta go moment by moment. So you just mentioned Dylise, EO, Carly. Mm-hmm. You've gone on for Maddie twice. Mm-hmm. Who's the fifth that you cover? Uh, Ida. <laughs> Ida. Okay. Ida. So you do that insane, eventually you will do that insane jumping and kicking in yes. America. Very early on. I, I had barely even learned the choreography. It was like maybe a day before we had to go into a green room and film because we were going to do some like background effects and we had to film it. And I was like, oh gosh, this is the one feature I'm like really not wanting to do. But we got it out of the way and um, it'll be a challenge when it comes. And you'll deal with it then. Yeah, I'll be out. Right. right? I'll get to that moment and I'll do it then. And then you'll do it. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. What's your favorite moment in the show that you will or have not yet performed? So hard. I that know. is such I know. a hard question. I know, but I'm going to make you answer it. <laughs> I'm really, really, really excited to do Bookstore. Mm-hmm. I think there's something so iconic about that moment in the show where everything's moving so fast and then it slows down and you go into those isolated hips where even the audience knows oh, that's yeah. Fosse. 
I'm so excited to do that. I was watching the the reference videos from it and watching Ben Vereen and and mm. I still have those moments where I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna do this choreography that Ben Vereen was dancing or Anne Ranking was dancing. Big Noise has been one of my favorite, I mean, that I have performed. It's, it's oof, you need a, a quad massage after that, but <laughs> yeah. it's so fun because it allows my personality to come out. Yeah. You know, I think- I'm loud and and I love dancing and I find so much joy in it. And that is a number that you can just have so much joy. Well, and that's a number that has a rare improv moment yeah. in it, right? Which is also unusual in a in a in a show mm-hmm. like dancing, right? Because it's everything is very specific and purposeful. And then yeah. you get this fun moment where you get to just be yourself or God, or whatever it is that you guys improv that day. It's great. And you get to be vocal too. Right. Which, yeah. I'm always screaming on stage as the cast. (laughs) I'm like, "Ah!" so so that's the thing I think I'm the most surprised about learning from talking to everyone in the company. And now I notice it when I see the show is how vocal you are on stage with each other. Like it's one thing to catch a look and you say, oh, there's a, oh, oh, Nika's (laughs) looking at Dylise right now. Oh, I caught that. But now we're really, somebody, I can't remember which one of it, somebody said, you need to sit in the front row and you really can hear hear what we're saying. So we will do that (laughs) eventually. You gotta. Um, Yeah, well, I'm hesitant because I like the mezzanine because I like to be able to see everything. Mezzanine's the best, 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 best place to sit. I know, you can see all the lights. Mm -hmm. You can see everyone's expressions. The whole picture. It's it's such an intimate theater. Such a mezzanine show. Yeah, Yeah. it really is. But I do want to hear it because I I am now catching that, oh, Ida's saying something. I can't hear it. Oh, we're screaming. I love that. (laughs) Screaming. And also there's, there's, which I think, people would be surprised to know there are moments where we're screaming counts oh, at each other. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, no one's told us that yeah. yet. Yeah. Or wow. maybe I just revealed, I, I exposed Secrets. the person Secrets. behind the curtain. <laughs> I've noticed during Beat Me Daddy at to the bar. Yeah. There's a lot of, yeah. a lot of shouting going on. Yeah. You, ha- you have to because um, your body is just about to give out. At that point in the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're close to being done yeah, with. Yeah. Um, it knows, right? We're the last big number production it's a number of the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it feels so good. You're like, I did it. Yeah. Yeah. That sense of accomplishment. Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay. I love how much you love what you do. You have such a great energy about dancing. Yeah. And about all of it. I love it. I. I think that's something I hope people take away from me that I'm not jaded. You know, I've had moments in the industry where I'm like, I cannot believe this production is, you know, taking money from my paycheck and <laughs> right. not paying equity and like, yeah. you know, yeah. but I'm not jaded. I, I I truly love what I do and I, I don't take it for granted mm. at all that I'm in the positions that I'm in. And I, I think you have to, it's a dark quote, but it's like, you have to find something you love and let it kill you. Mm. And that's how I truly feel. Like I have never found anything I love more than this. So mm. why wouldn't I, you know, be excited to do it every day? And of course you're going to have bad days where your body is hurting and, you know, life stuff happens, but I don't take this for granted at all. Mm. I love it. I love it. We're dressing up and kicking our legs and like, like what? You know, the <laughs> like how how lucky are we that we get to do what we love? And also the, the mantle of, of carrying on the legacy of Bob Fosse <sighs> and his incredible body of work and... That I think is not lost on anyone in the company. No. no. Every day I look at the marquee when I walk in and I'm like, I cannot believe that I'm walking into this theater that says Bob Fosse's yeah. dancing. I can't believe it. I still like can't believe it. Um, and I'm channeling his spirit as best I can when I'm on, you know, and trying to honor that legacy of what he has created. And yeah. it feels so surreal to be one of those dancers right now. 
it's very clear that you have such a deep admiration and relationship with Fosse, the mm-hmm. work, the style. When did that begin? God, I was really young. I was subscribing to Dance Magazine from, yeah. a, from a really young age. And those magazines would come and I would lock myself in my bedroom, probably like stretching on my bed at the same time, <laughs> reading the magazine. Because I was, Got you know. multitask. Yeah, yeah, I just really wanted to be flexible. <laughs> <laughs> I never quite got there, but so I was, I was probably stretching and reading the magazine. And so each month would have an iconic dancer. And the first time I saw a Fosse dancer was Anne Ranking, uh. right there on the cover of Dance Magazine. And those covers are just emblazed in my mind forever. And you want to know all about these people. And of course, you read about the dancers and that just stuck in my mind. And of course, you see Liza with a Z and all of those movies that I loved old movies growing up, Fred Astaire and all the MGM classics. So yeah, that was probably the first time. I was probably like 10, maybe a little bit younger. Um, and then, you know, of course, seeing Chicago and and really knowing that I, I was like, I, I can do that. I think I can do that. If there's one thing I know from following you on Instagram is that you have an incredible fashion sense. Oh, thank you. And we have, you know, in this company, in this production, just the most amazing costumes, thanks oh. to Reed and Harriet. And we learned from them that, you know, all the understudies have their own set of costumes that are designed for them. Mm-hmm. And because you play yourself in Crunchy Granola Sweet, you have, imagine you have your own crunchy mm-hmm. costume that no one else has, yeah. right? What was that process like getting to work with them on on, on your costumes? I love Reed and Harriet so yeah. much. I call them mom and dad. Um, <laughs> they're just so great. I, I had so much fun in the fittings with them because yeah. I just, I think you have to trust wardrobe. You know, I'm, I'm never one of those people that's like, oh, this is terrible. But they were, they were really fun in the, in the fittings and really worked with us to find what was going to, you know, fit our bodies right, make us stand out, but also, you know, be plugged into the cast every single time that we go on. Yeah, we just found what worked. And there's some things that exactly what, you know, maybe Dylise or Eo is wearing, but then there's right. other things that are really yours. And we have a lot of costumes, <laughs> a lot. I don't know how many we have, but the understudies have a ton of costumes. Yeah, you'd have so, to cover five trucks, oh, yeah, right? You so, have, yeah. Wow. So Reed and Harriet MVPs, had to hunker down right? with us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Do yeah. you have a favorite costume of all the ones that you've worn or, or will will wear? You know, when I first put on the the romantic fantasy, Kiss uh, Me Kate, there's yeah. something about that. You're honoring this like iconic moment from that musical, from the, from the movie. It's just a, a beautiful costume. I've never danced in anything like that in my life. And I'm still mm. navigating like this skirt, skirt when I go yeah. on. I'm like, how many yeah. times am I going to trip on this? <laughs> and but, you haven't, right? I have. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have. I'm going to put that costume on more and dance in it backstage because it's it's a beautiful, beautiful costume. But it's a long, full-length yes. skirt that's very flowy. Yes. I don't know if I'm assuming there's multiple layers or is it just one? I think it's one, but it's 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 one of those dances where you're up and down from yeah. the ground a lot. So yeah. you're you're navigating material under your body. Mm-hmm. But I love that costume. It's, it's beautiful. so feminine yeah. and it's such a nod to the original. Yeah. It's one of my You're favorites. instantly transported. Oh yes. When Jacob and Maddie and or or Jacob and Nika yeah. walk out yeah. on stage in those costumes. Yeah. Boom. You it's know, gorgeous. especially from, you know, where you're coming from before, right? Mm-hmm. Here you come again, right? Right into that moment. It's such a like transition, a yeah. real a real jump. Yeah. You know? 
I love uh, that costume. Yeah. I just want to show And your dress in Big Noise. I love that dress. Ugh. That mod dress. I love all those costumes. It's so good. I love um, Tony's little fringe jacket uh-huh. and Nando's <laughs> shirt that's just always open. It's those those three, but you're that that mod dress. Like I could see you wearing that out. I I told Reed and Harriet I was like I'm stealing this when I leave. I'm just letting this you might know. Might go missing on the, uh, <laughs> well, on the, on the inventory list. It's perfectly list. tailored yeah. to to swing with movement. So mm-hmm. like the holes are perfectly positioned so that you can see the body moving. But it's also tailored in a way that when you're doing all those sort of shoulder isolations and hip isolations, that it, it swings perfectly. And that's just the brilliance it of yeah, dances of, with of you. Reed and Harriet. Yeah. yeah, they really are. They yeah. are brilliant. Yep. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> we, we would talk to you all day I if would we sit here all day. if we could, <laughs> but that would be unfair. What does Bob Fosse mean to you? Oh my gosh, it's a big one. It is a big one. He has inspired so many artists. I, I don't even know if I have the correct word for it, but I think I can. I can put a stamp on a dance career knowing that I've done his work. There's something, like I said, you know, I waited my whole life for this moment. And being, you know, I'm turning 40 this year, to to be rounding it out in that sort of way, doing these iconic movements that have inspired, you know, people like Beyonce, Michael Jackson, like, and here I am doing this this movement. It It's like a stamp on a dance career that I don't think many people get. It feels full circle and I feel like, not like I'm retiring right now or anytime soon, but it feels like I can feel at peace with my career as a dancer in that sort of way because he is so iconic. It means something to me. Not like I think I'm like the best by any stretch of the imagination, but that I've been doing it long enough to be able to step into his work feels really humbling. And I, I, I don't like when people say that, but I really do feel humbled to do his work. So he's everything. God, I don't have the, the right word for it, but it means everything <laughs> to me to do it. You'll cool. dance it. You'll dance, dance the meaning it. of it. Right? That's that's my universal language, you know? Yeah. So yeah. You, you actually did have all the right words for it. <laughs> you answered that question beautifully. Yeah. So when you listen back, you'll go, oh, I, I nailed that actually. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much yes. for joining us today. It has been an absolute treat oh, getting to know you. you and chatting with you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. A dancing man, a dancing man, a dancing man with footsteps on the Bob Fosse's Dancing is now on Broadway at the Music Box Theater. For tickets and more information, visit danceandbway.com. Dancing Man, a Fabulous Invalid podcast, is a production of O&M Etc. and the Fabulous Invalid LLC, and a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. Special thanks to Civilian for hosting us, and to our audio engineer, Kyle Moore. If you liked this episode, we've got over 100 episodes of the Fabulous Invalid podcast that you can check out, including a two-parter on the life, work, and legacy of Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon. You can find us online at thefabulousinvalid.com and on social media at fabulousinvalid and on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 